What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Legible Church Podcast, where we help churches focus on clarity, transparency, and targeted communication. You know me. My name's Maria, and I'm here with my, well, two of my favorite guys, definitely in the top 25. That was Ooh. a bold statement, by the yeah. way. Well, Solid. not just about us, but also that you're telling all the people they know you. Mm-hmm. We're just still coming out the gate here on this podcast. Oh. Not well, everyone knows all of us. Maybe we can fix that in editing. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I think you no, should. I like the confidence. The confidence is good. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, and guys. I also You're appreci- definitely moved to my top 15 now. <laughs> yeah, speaking of confidence, thanks for putting us in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Yes. That made, it feel, yeah. made us feel good. Well, you're inching up are as we, we go. Are we a number and then A and B? Like, are we the same number or <laughs> am I considerably higher or lower um, uh, in that top 15? I plead the fifth on that one right. confidently. Okay. I think what she's saying is we're number five, T and H. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, well, the title of this episode is Make Money Make Sense. Sometimes it's a little awkward to talk about money in church. Yeah, right, we, sort of, we sort of teased it a little bit at the end yeah. of the last episode because people like to know, like have a heads up. When are we going to talk about money? Yeah, I, yeah. Grew, I grew up in church and I, they had the whole, one of those boards up at the front of the oh, front of the church, yeah. way before letter boards got popular on Pinterest, way they before. would slide and those numbers. Felt, yeah. felt boards, <laughs> yeah. Totally these know these, what you're oh, these had about. like numbers that would slide in, and it oh, would tell those, you yes. it would tell you um, budget and then giving from the previous. Nice. Or, no, it was the week before it's giving <laughs> mm-hmm. and the month's giving or yeah. something along those lines every single week. Right I don't know front. who ever thought that was a good idea to mm. get some report card every single week. Uh, yeah. probably, probably a white man. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. I, I remember <laughs> my dad is a preacher. I remember him saying every time he talked about money, there would be a the same visitor that would show up and he never came any other time. Oh, and it was worst. the worst. He's like, I'm talking about giving this Sunday. And of course, so-and-so walks in the back. So he was always a little yeah. upset about that. And your that. dad was verse by verse. Yeah, I mean, verse he, by verse. It just came up like preaching through the book of Malachi. Okay, this Sunday we're talking about giving and that guy would just show up. Mm-hmm. right away i think the lord was probably trying to tell him something yeah, tell him something. Uh, yeah. A, rich, a rich young ruler uh that showed up uh, repeatedly <laughs> almost every time my dad would walk down from the pulpit we'd go home for lunch and be like so and so is here again he thinks all i talk about is money <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can remember a time uh we were at a church and it's i've heard of it happening a number of times but this one specific time uh, my dad used to go and preach uh, at other churches, and I would go with them sometimes. And at this one church, they received the offering, um, and then before they stopped, the 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 deacons turned around and they started counting the money right in the the plates, and nice. then they just sort of like looked, up on the stage, right on the like stage, the right in the everything. front of the room. <laughs> Everybody's sitting there, and you, you, I'm sort of looking around the room. You could tell people are pretty nervous. <laughs> I don't know what they're nervous about. And the deacon just sort of looks up and kind of shakes his head, like like oh, like, like, like no. not yeah. enough, like like not enough, like he's you know calling him for the for the right. He's yes. just like you know not enough. And so then the pastor gets up and he goes, "Are we doing this again?" And he just go, and then they did the offering all over again. It was like wow. holding people wow. ransom in the room until they <laughs> uh, until they get. You're not dismissed until we meet our goal. No, my dad just That's hardcore. Yeah, my dad looked at me and was like, "We're getting out of here." He just this is stupid. And he just grabbed my hand and we stormed out. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, when I came on church staff uh, years years ago, I was a youth pastor, and the first time I was finally, uh, you know, lead pastor calls me and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna preach. I'm going out of town this in two weeks or whatever. You're up for this weekend." And he said, I'm throwing you in the deep end. You got to talk about money. Mm. And he just handed me the sermon notes nice. that I had to preach from. And I was like, oh, Throw no, I don't, even, I don't even have any money. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just seems unfair. Like you should at least have somebody with a little bit of disposable income <laughs> to be the person to get up. To preach and teach on the ties and offerings. <laughs> yeah. I remember a friend in college um, would argue me saying we should not have offerings in, in church. We should trade the pastor for goods. <laughs> like in the olden days, like fruit and like vegetables for payment. So oh, we, we, ha- we here at Legible Church Podcast, we, we believe that the Bible calls us to call for the offering. All right, speak, for your, speak for yourself. I'm bringing a rooster to church this Sunday. <laughs> The chicken and the goat from yeah, your backyard. Yeah, I got one excess rooster, and I know exactly it's going to the house of the Lord. And I don't care if they treat it like they did in Leviticus. The pastor can eat for two weeks. Yeah, talking about money is just weird, not just for the church. I mean, mm-hmm. it's weird to talk about it as business partners. We've had to have money conversations, right. and it's just awkward as you yeah. tiptoe into that. Uh, you know, my wife and I— we, our, Money conversations between us, it's just you have to sort of tiptoe into it. And, you know, each person kind of has an angle. And um, and so it, it makes sense that that same sort of psychology transfers into the church, especially now during a, a period of time where this generation now and this 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 season of church goers has sort of come on the heels of this prosperity gospel. We see just the misuse of church funds totally. um, all uh, yeah, around the country right. and around the world, where these you know preachers have talked about money being uh, both uh, proving God's love for you or proving God's approval of you. If you have a lot of money, God has sort of done something. He's chosen you over everyone else, or to use money as well. You know, you go and you, you plant this seed, and it, it means something. You know about your faith. You mm-hmm. give us a whole bunch of money. You plant the seed, and the seed's going to grow. You know the pra- the the book of uh, the prayer of Jabez was a, a New York yeah. Times bestseller, which is essentially like just the selfishness mm-hmm. prayer. Sorry if you love the book of Jabez. I just think yeah. it was just one of the most ridiculous things to teach a group of people to pray for God to give you, give you, give you, give you, give you more, right? And for that to somehow be an affirmation of God's love for you, where the work of the cross, what Jesus did, that is God's grandest, biggest, most uh, expressive uh, uh, form of God's affirmation and love for you and who you are as he sent his son to die. Everything else on top of that is just gravy. Sorry, I'm, I'm Amen. I'm, like, I'm on, on, a, on a, a, a I need soapbox an organ. Now. I yeah. need to put I need to play some chords after that. Yeah, so you've got this you've got this generation of churchgoers now who uh, the, they're immediately skeptical of churches because of how the general church at large has misused money. Now, mm-hmm. I've been to a ton of churches and I can say uh, that knowing uh, the pastors that I know, mm-hmm. being on the staff of the churches that I've been uh, uh, um, on staff at, that's it, it's not a general rule. It's not a rule that applies to everyone, that every church misuses funds. Right. That, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you've got a generation of churchgoers now that that is the impression that they're walking mm-hmm. in with, mm-hmm. is whether you're going to misuse them or not misuse like prove to me what's going to happen uh, with this money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a big, huge part of it, especially with younger people. You've got, you know, um, 
uh, Instagram accounts like uh, Preachers and Sneakers, like mm-hmm. Profits and Watches, uh, that that are sort of trying to uh, introduce this conversation of what exactly is happening with the money. How should people use money? Is it okay for pastors to like expensive sneakers and to like watches? Is it okay for this and the other? The to me the 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 I don't have a dog in that fight personally, um, but I think that there's a generation of people who are walking in. That is the chip that mm-hmm. is on their shoulder as they mm-hmm. walk in, and I think that as they walk in, there has to be the understanding on behalf of churches and mm-hmm. organizations that this is a part of the conversation now. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't a part of the conversation in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. <laughs> Probably started to change in the 70s, the 80s especially. Mm-hmm. The 90s were just rampant with it, early mm-hmm. 2000s. <clears throat> so that's a part of the deal now. So when we talk about giving and why a, a, a giving strategy is important, not just about how you talk about it from the platform, even though that's what we're going to focus on. That The reason that we're going to focus on the platform with this particular episode is because it is the most immediate impact that you can have. It doesn't cost you a single thing. There's plenty of companies out there uh, that you can you know, uh, do text giving and digital giving, mm-hmm. all sorts of a, a much broader thing. The platform is one single part of that strategy uh, and probably the biggest part of that strategy, I think, as it relates to uh, uh, giving. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're sort of focusing on for the weekend. Yeah, just yesterday we were sitting together, uh, the three of us, we were with the leadership team of a church and we were talking through some of their communications challenges and goals and looking at those things. And one of the things that, you know, intrinsically, the three of us just wanted to do and we had to circle back around to before we could move forward was get back to this place where we were talking about their vision yeah. because for, mm-hmm. you know, for us that's kind of foundational yes. right yeah. over the last seven Always. years or ten years whatever all this time we spent working on at churches we've kind of learned how to have this conversation about money whether it's uh, in the context of a sermon or through a more holistic giving strategy in ways mm-hmm. that are make sense to people that are approachable mm-hmm. that don't feel off-putting that don't feel disingenuous or even uh, guilt mm-hmm. inducing and that's because one of the most important things we've really worked hard at is figuring out ways to intentionally tie these uh, giving moments or messages back to the vision yeah and, right. and the vision ultimately should capture the essence of who you are who you're striving to be but it needs to be big and broad and grand so that people feel like they need to be a part of the vision yes um, to be able to help accomplish mm-hmm. this thing so you've all we, most of us have heard the statement that uh, giving follows vision or money follows vision I like to say money follows conviction it Ooh. follows that like that 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 deep heart Heartbeat, that passion that if we don't do this, the world is not going to be complete, mm-hmm. that, it, that, that life is going to be worse for people. And so when you think about some of the best charities, the places where people are given a lot of money, to me, those places are places that have deep convictions. We were talking, uh, yeah. a, a part of you used as an example uh, with the people that we were consulting with yesterday, uh, the idea of charity water. And just this sense that like they are deeply, deeply yeah. convicted that clean water has grand ramifications. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it's it's really not the the, the fanciest looking, it's mm-hmm. not slick, the name's not impressive, none of that sort of stuff. But man, they're so deeply mm-hmm. convicted by that thing, uh, that by that sense that water's, uh, 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 clean water is going to change the world. Um, I think churches uh, oftentimes will take their vision and just sort of toss a bunch of stuff in that they've heard other people say before. 
that sort of creates an easy path or an easy way of saying, look, we're an actual established church. Uh, you know, take uh, all of these different ingredients. Take the uh, Great Commission and uh, and the Great Command and 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 uh, John 3.16 and like whatever, yeah. all these things, and just sort of smash it into, we love God and we love people. That that's a beautiful thing, and that and and that's one hundred percent true that we should do that. That conviction, though, if the conviction is not there in that statement, if the conviction of uh, uh, of your church and what God does uniquely in your church, mm-hmm. if it is not present in your vision, and you're not deeply pursuing that as your life's goal and conviction, it's not just difficult to just talk about money. It's difficult to talk about anything. Because mm-hmm. you don't have a right. platform, like you're not, so you're, good. yeah, your heart's not beating about anything. Mm-hmm. So the the mm-hmm. biggest part of your giving strategy is your vision. Absolutely. F- forget how cool you make it. Forget videos. Forget all of that sort of stuff. If your mm-hmm. vision and conviction, if it's not compelling, you're going to have a difficult time getting people to partner with you, especially with finances. Uh, to help you further your cause. Mm. So the the rest of this podcast then is going to assume the importance uh, and under, your understanding of mm-hmm. this this idea of the importance of a vision statement uh, being the clear foundation for everything you do. If you haven't yet listened to the Legibility 101 episode of our podcast, it was the first one we did. It's that important. Legible.church slash podcast slash 101. Um Yes, thank you. You guys at home can't see this, but both Dex and Maria raised their eyebrows and nodded at me. That was and good. I was like, oh, yeah. that's impressive. Very, very yeah. good information. <clears throat> yeah, one of the things you can do is just like memorize things of little to no importance <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> and then at some point in the future, they'll make sense to come up. <clears throat> Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of things. You know, there's whole companies out there that have entire business models uh, built around serving churches and helping them build out a really complex uh, yeah. and usually pretty helpful giving strategy. Yes, there's just sure. so many steps. And mm-hmm. we've been a part of on the receiving end of some of those pieces. And there's just a lot of work that goes into building a really complex giving strategy. But I think just the giving moment that happens in almost every single church that that, that is going to meet this weekend is one of the places where you can make the most immediate impact in the way that your church members think about money, the way that you begin talking as a church leadership about money and its relationship to the church. And you can do this without costing you any money. Mm-hmm. You can do this without having to get approval from the elders. You don't right. need to roll out new strategies. Mm-hmm. You don't need to implement fancy di- new digital giving tools, any of those kinds of things. Now, all those things can be important, yeah. but just changing the way you talk about giving during your church moment is is so, so important. Mm-hmm. You know, w- one of the things that we've gotten in the habit, we, we call this moment um, amongst ourselves. We have, we call it the call to, offering, right? It's just, it's a call, like just like a call to action. You're calling the people of your church into this particular moment. And there's a ton of really good stuff there. And Dex, you've you've always talked about when we have these call to offering moments, there's two ways we can frame it. We can frame it around this idea of giving to God or giving to good. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times uh, churches will uh, with really good intention say, Hey, if you're a guest, you know, don't, don't feel compelled to give. We don't want you to, you know, yeah. to feel uncomfortable. And I get that. I mean, I would, we've, I've, I've even uh, used that same right. sort of strategy at times just to try to, uh, to offset the sense mm-hmm. that we know people are walking in with this sense of, well, what are you going to do with my money? Well, what if we tell you to don't give us any money? Mm-hmm. How's about you? You just, you know, sort of do that. But I remember meeting uh, someone uh, after service one time um, who didn't uh, attend church and they go, well, you know, I, I I probably would have given money, but it sort of felt like you didn't want me to. 
And I was like, interesting. Wow. Well, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's, that's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> not just because the money is important, but because that for that person was sort of like this act of mm-hmm. like this expression of, I think you guys are doing yeah, good things. Response. Like yeah. I'm not as, you know, as, as ticked off that you guys are a church. Like I, yeah. I, I would give towards it. And so this idea of giving to God and giving to good are two ways of communicating to two different groups of people. Giving to God, that's the tie. That's 10%. And for those of us who are insiders, those of us who have read, you know, the Old mm-hmm. Testament, we know, you know, bring the the your, the tithe to the storehouse that the get those first yeah. fruits out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To do that. Literal. Yeah. That 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 word, yeah. <laughs> By first fruits it means like those lemons. Bring those lemons in. I'm good. You don't have to take the money. But no, that that it's this mental posture of before I do anything else with my money, I'm gonna give God 10%. Mm-hmm. That is an expression of discipleship. It's an expression of like a personal discipline. Uh, people manage that whole sort of thing. And so for people who are insiders, for people who know that word and what that word means, being able to even explain that really quickly from the platform is mm-hmm. a good thing. But that can't be the only way. Because just like there are any other uh, number of acts of discipleship that people aren't taking part in, uh, giving 10% may be an act of discipleship that they're not there yet. They haven't, they don't understand it or they Mm -hmm. don't get it or they don't whatever. But if they know and see that the church is doing something good, I want to be a part of doing something good. Whether I'm a part of your church or not a part of your church, if I hear that you are doing something good with your money, that you're impacting the community, that you're, you know, helping people, that, you know, you hear stories of life change. And we'll sort of go through some of the more how-tos later. But if people know that there is an an opportunity for them either to bring their tithe or to give give to God by bringing their tithe or give to good, um, those are the two ways that my brain sort of frames it in the way that I think is a good way of explaining mm-hmm. it so that there is an on-ramp for everyone mm-hmm. in the room to be able to give. That's so good, Dex. Give to God or give to good. Yeah. So in a practical sense, we or, have... Or, oh, I'm sorry. Or both. Sorry to interrupt you. I know or we were both. Talking. Or yeah. both. <laughs> that the tithe is not the end... Shouldn't be just the end result for believers. That's mm-hmm. the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. For right. those of us who are undertaking... Uh, uh, thinking through our finances as an act of discipleship. And for those of us as leaders who are trying to communicate to people who are doing that, the tithe becomes this starting point, mm-hmm. right? So you take that and you do that as an act of discipleship. But now you can also give to good as well. Yes. That ends up being the over and above. You, you hear some people talk about tithes and offerings, those yeah. being two different things, mm-hmm. the tithe being the 10%, the offerings being over and above. Uh, you know, one of the things that I used to do uh, is uh, one of the churches that I was at had uh, an Amazon, you know, you could you could sign up uh, to yeah. be able to give money back to a charity through Amazon. That I considered an offering. Uh, sometimes when I was on staff, I wouldn't uh, turn in my receipts from lunches, from meetings I would have with volunteers and that sort of stuff to me i was like ah, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna you know uh, take the bump on that that is an offering it's not costing the church any money i'm gonna take that but then also just giving over and above mm-hmm. ends up being you know offerings as well so anyway I, yeah. I, I, what i didn't want to do is communicate you can only give tithes yeah, or you can or, only give offerings but you know there's yeah. the, the you can create multiple ways for people to be able to mm-hmm. give so good so this call to offering in a weekend service, mm-hmm. we have five practical tips of how to do this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my dad was a college professor. So thinking and like building a bulleted list of mm-hmm. uh, how to approach something is in my DNA. Yeah. So tip tip number Love one, it. I guess here, <laughs> is simple. Is this. Take this moment seriously. Yeah. You know, most churches think, uh, 
this is going to happen uh, every single weekend. So they don't, pl- they don't plan for it. And then you end up with someone who maybe it's your children's minister or your adults pastor or whoever it is that's hosting services that weekend. Um, yeah. That's not the pastor, right? Getting up there, making announcements. <clears throat> Go to listen to last week's episode. Um, that was, that shouldn't be edited out. That was me vomiting about announcements. Oh, what do you guys, oh see what I thought it was an actual cough. <laughs> me too. No, no. Yeah, I missed the joke. Oh, you guys don't know I was the drama club president in oh. for <laughs> two years in high school. All right. So that's um, good to know. yeah, that was that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty right. good. Okay, so usually you've got somebody up there doing announcements, and then the end of the announcements they go, "All right, we're going to have our uh, time of giving or something along yeah. that." Right? We're going to collect our ties and those kinds of things, and then they just like that's when that's when you end up with somebody saying, "Oh, if you're not here, this is this is what I heard a month ago. Oh, if you're not here, we don't need your money. You know, you just being yeah. here uh, with us is our gift to you today." Yeah. Oh, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, thank, right. thank wow. you so much for giving me this gift <laughs> yeah. of allowing to sit amongst you." <clears throat> but that was just a person who was unprepared, right? Yeah. And they're trying yeah. to think through that. So y- you guys know me when I'm going to get up on stage and tackle a moment like this. Like I want to. This is not literal here, but I want to take a, a note card and I want to just write out like the little bullet points. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to get into it? How am I going to like actually talk about this moment? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing I mm-hmm. want to say when I'm introducing this time of giving, right? So we, we call it a call to offering and mm-hmm. Dex before you said when we receive an offering. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one of those things that we figured out. We always made sure we, we always would say we're going to receive an offering, not take an offering, right? Mm-hmm. Because right. that's, it's just. It's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Taking that offering is a little aggressive. Yeah. So just planning for this moment it says how do I, how am i going to get into this how are we going to introduce mm-hmm. the time of giving what are we going to say when we talk about why it's important do i mm-hmm. want to share a verse about cheerful givers do i want to share a verse from the old testament about 10%ing mm-hmm. do i want to mm-hmm. share something about god's promises do mm-hmm. i want to share a story that's mm-hmm. happened in our church that mm-hmm. i can tie back to the vision that we've been talking about right and then what what is the specific prayer maybe that i'm going to pray how am i going to close that moment as your mm-hmm ushers or play passers or however it is, people are going to have the offering at your church or Mm -hmm. you direct people to the box at the back of the room on their way out. Just planning for it, I think is really, really important. Do you think that um, the amount of time you allot for the call to offering is important? I think, you know what? Okay. So here's the very next point that I was going to, we're going to talk about is mixing it up. And I think as you think about the amount of time you plan for offering, mixing it up can actually you know, sometimes we're just going to put this in really quickly. This is going to be a 45 second moment, but other times we're going to, let's take three or four minutes and tell a story about mm-hmm. something that's happened mm-hmm. in our, um, in our community, in our church. And let's spend more time on that. It's a way of kind of just mixing up mm-hmm. the people of your church's experience and helping them maybe not tune out as much. You know, my, my son, he just moved into a new fifth grade classroom and it, they've got what's called flexible seating. There's no desks in mm-hmm. his classroom, which is insane to mm-hmm. me, right? There's bouncy balls and couches and those video game chairs and um, floor mats and things that you sit on. And every single time you come back in from recess, you just sit in a new place in the classroom. And for my son, who's kind of like all over the place physically and mentally, it's been a really, really great school year for him because every single time, multiple times throughout the day, his classroom experience is mixed up Mm -hmm. and it helps him pay attention to, you know, math is different today than it was yesterday. So Mm -hmm. I, I think so. What do you think? 
I think so. I sometimes uh, people don't plan for the, the things they're saying. And so, you know, they get caught up and they don't know how to land the plane or yeah, take off, totally. you know? And so right. I love that you're talking about writing something on a note card, mm -hmm. but I just wanted in a practical sense, I was really just curious. I don't know if I have an opinion on it because I've heard, I've heard people say, don't make it be a five plus minute th like oh, totally. moment in service. Yeah. It should not be cumbersome in that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Maria, you and I used to plan a lot of weekend services together. And one of the things that I would kind of know is for all the communication points together in what do we have like 70 minutes for a service that we would be planning around? Mm -hmm. I've got like eight total minutes and that would be on a, on a heavy communication weekend. Right. We've got eight total minutes. Let's strategically think about yes. where do we want to put them, right? Do, do, this weekend, do we need a little bit more time to explain the call to action <laughs> at the end of service? Because we're trying to get people plugged into a brand new small right. groups campaign. Well then let's tell a shorter story during the call to offering, or let's just make it a quick moment. Mm -hmm. Or is, are, are we transitioning towards the end of the year to a time where people are thinking about giving because of the tax benefits yeah. as we're moving into Christmas and some really cool things have been happening in our church mm -hmm. and we're not trying to get people plugged into groups the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well then we have a couple more minutes that we can spend here on our, our giving moments. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and soon we're going to do an episode about rethinking worship or reworking worship. Uh, that'll include some real lofty, sort of big psychological slash theological ideas, but also some really granular, here's how we plan, how we thought through. I mean, I've had, you know, uh, 20 plus years of experience. Marie, mm -hmm. you've had over a decade experience, mm -hmm. uh, party, same thing. Uh, there's a lot of little tricks and ways of sort of thinking through yeah. those moments. But the point of this being, for the call to offering, it can't just be something that gets tossed in if you expect it to have the most mm -hmm. impact that right. it can have. It needs to be thought through. There should be a calendar as you're thinking through, mm -hmm. okay, here's where we're at over the course of the year. Here's what we talked about last week. Here's what we're going to talk about this week. Here's what we're doing next week so that you can plan for those things accordingly mm -hmm. and have the most impact. I don't think it takes a long time or a whole lot of words to have maximum impact, especially with giving if you can be efficient quick. Mm -hmm. You've thought through it. You've got those notes, those bullet notes, those bullet points like Party was talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be a really impactful moment. So tip one, take this seriously and plan for it. Mm -hmm. Number two, mix it up. So use, you know, vision casting, storytelling, stat sharing, um, a, a specific need totally. in, in so the church. The vision casting is like just a no brainer and just an example of what that would look like. Right. Right. Dex in your neighborhood, there's a, a church, a large church in our town that's mm -hmm. incredibly committed to making a, like a community impact on yeah. that overall. And yeah. when I say neighborhood, you, you got to, that's a huge neighborhood. It's a big neighborhood. It's <laughs> right up there. Right. You know, that church mm -hmm. has sports fields, soccer. And soccer games yeah. and all those yeah. kinds of things that are going on there. And the whole point is like, you, you know, if, if you live in that neighborhood and you're not plugged into a church and someone in your family dies, Right. That's, come the to, come, that's the church that you go to right. for, for grief. That's where you go to for their funeral service. I can tell you how many times I've been to funerals for that yes. very, very reason. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if I'm getting up there on the weekend, I'm not, I'm not, but if I was going to get up there this weekend mm -hmm. and I had nothing to say for the giving moment, maybe I would talk about that. I'd say, Hey, you know, one of the things that we want to do is just make sure that everyone that lives in within two miles of right. this location knows and loves them. You guys might not know this, but over this last week, our pastoral team was able to be involved with five different families as they, that 
don't go to our church. Let's just live in the neighborhood as they lost members of their family. And we were able to sit with them and provide counseling and support. We were able to offer, <clears throat> open up our chapel and we hosted three different memorial services. Mm-hmm. And we just want to say thank you guys, because your giving allows us to have the facilities to do that and the pastoral care staff that can make that happen. So mm-hmm. just know as you're getting ready to give mm-hmm. right now, sorry, I'm feeling this Holy Spirit is moving me. I was getting ready to call for that. Offer. Where's my wallet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's that's what I, that's what we mean when we mm-hmm. talk about vision casting. What is your church into? Like, what's the thing you really care about? Tie that into the moment. Mm-hmm. Then storytelling is just getting more specific with that, right? Mm-hmm. Telling somebody's, sharing somebody's specific detailed story, mm-hmm. sharing their name. Mm-hmm. You know, you can share statistics about um, like that. Like, do you do a back to school drive or do you do, you know, maybe did a trunk and treat event or something like that? Getting really, really specific in there. And then other times, you know, this whole giving to good thing, you can talk about really specific needs. Like, mm-hmm. hey, our church has an opportunity to do this really cool thing with the school district or for, you know, missions or, yeah. or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like there's a lot of different things that you can do to mix up what you're saying at the call to offering moment that really help people stay engaged and mm-hmm. then see what's actually mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. with the money. And when you mix it up and actually have something specific to say, the the, the side effect of that is you're going to speak with confidence because yeah. you've prepared for what you're going to say mm-hmm. and you know the truth about what you're saying. So yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. And if so you plan good. for it, again, yeah. using point number one, feeding now into point number two about mixing it up if you're thinking about the 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 different types of things you want to do well we're going to do storytelling and we're going to you know capture a video and we're going to need some statistics for this whatever you can plot those out mm-hmm. over the course of the year for the times that you're going to do that so that you can have enough time to make a, a, a video that accurately tells right. a story so that, you know, people mm-hmm. who uh, have all of the finance information, you can get those statistics and you'll have them there ready and available and they're accurate and real. Mm-hmm. You sort of, there's some things within this mixing it up uh, point and strategy uh, that require a bit more time to to set up. Be sure that you have enough time so that the statistics are, are right. The video is well done. All mm-hmm. of these different, you know, mm-hmm. types of things that those are done really well. I love that. Justin, as you were talking, I was going through my own journey of giving as a believer and a church member. Mm. And I remember when I started tithing was, I was a required tithe because I grew up as a pastor's kid and oh, we, yeah. you know, we got our allowance and we had to give our 10%. And, you know, my mom, teach us I, my that, allowance right? came as a dollar and it came in dimes so that I would be able to tithe <laughs> naturally and easily. Yeah, totally. So I remember it being an obedience thing for me. Like I do this because it's out of obedience, yeah. which is a beautiful thing and a really important thing. But when you're hearing all this vision cast, and you're hearing stories of how um, it really is such a beautiful thing to be a part of. You know, all these like-minded people who are committed to the same vision now are moved to, to do something together. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a part of, of what I want to do. And it's not just obedience, not that obedience is bad, mm-hmm. but I just, I love that. You know, I love that it's going to move me to see what we're doing together mm-hmm. and going to generate more opportunity for that. Well, speaking of doing things together, like this is the third point, and it's similar to mix it up, but it's the idea of spreading the responsibility, mm-hmm. meaning different members of your church leadership team can take on sharing about the call to offering moment. You know, for a lot of churches, it's maybe just the worship leader because it happens in the middle of service. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really appropriate. You know, sometimes it's going to be your quote unquote announcements guy, whoever's up there hosting or, or talking uh, to your church publicly that weekend that can happen. You know, maybe you're the pastor and you're, if this is a weekend where you're specifically, specifically going to be preaching on giving, right? Like you're Maria's dad and you rolled up to Malachi yeah. and it's time to talk about uh, um, the ties and the offerings. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Why not 
you should probably do the call to offering and tack that on there at the, at the very end of your service. Yeah. You already just kind of kind of preached about it the whole time. Just kind of say, hey, as we close, we're gonna. This is what we do every single moment, right? Just spreading it out, and even you know, if, let's say you're gonna share a story, and it's gonna be maybe a, a story about a, a kid's life who'd been transformed uh, because maybe one of your they got invited to church with somebody, one of their kids from school or something like that. Let's get your children's minister up there, somebody who's mm-hmm. directly involved yes. and who's emotionally connected to that story. And mm-hmm. let's work with them and prepare them to take 90 seconds to share the story. Again, that, it, it connects back to the whole mixing it up thing, but it's also a great way for you to just kind of spread out the responsibility and the weight of mm-hmm. asking your church for money mm-hmm. right. across your church leadership staff. Mm-hmm. A really cool opportunity. I love that. Yeah. That's a great idea. So take this seriously, mix it up, spread the responsibility. Two more tips, four and five. Okay, this one is for super nerds, but this is one that <laughs> that I found to be really, really handy. Is track the response religiously. Yeah. So again, uh, religiously. I functioned as a communications director as a church, right? So I'm not, I was not a lead pastor. I didn't have nearly as many things to worry about during the week, like mm-hmm. people's souls and things like that. So I could, <laughs> I had a little bit of time and in my schedule where I could build out like a nerdy, nerdy spreadsheet. But I actually built out a spreadsheet that that was like, hey, this kind of story um, with this kind of a person. For example, every time our worship leader shares a vision offering, it seems to be that we have a really good giving response on those kinds of weekends. And the reason that I was doing that was not just so that we could say, hey, which one of these combinations are the winners? Right. And right. let's see where we can play with, but also to say, man, hey, anytime the pastor gets up there and shares statistics, that does not seem to motivate people. Like right. it, it, for some ways, for some reason, maybe it seems like the church feels like they're mm-hmm. they're getting manipulated or pressured into yeah. something or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I just think tracking the response is really just unlocking. It's, it's again, it's part of this whole counting what counts concept that we talk about. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ways of seeing what actually happens and what works with your church. It's a way of kind of almost understanding what is the heartbeat of the church. Like yeah. do anytime we tell stories about kids' lives being changed, does, mm-hmm. if, if that is like a huge moment for your church in terms of giving response, maybe you should press into that a little bit more. Yeah. And when your children's ministry says, hey, we've got this really cool opportunity, but it's going to take this substantial investment. Maybe yeah. that's something now all of a sudden when you go to the elder board, you can you can say, hey, listen, when we talk about giving and the impact of church, mm-hmm. our church is motivated. We've got this opportunity. We need to make mm-hmm. a huge investment, but mm-hmm. we think it's worth taking mm-hmm. the leap. Right. That, yeah, that's totally. that's going to when you start tracking yeah. those things, it might a, yeah. a position and allow even, you even placement in the ser- order of service. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like tracking how that is, how the response is when you place mm-hmm. it here versus here. It's after a communication, after a song, during mm-hmm. a song, those kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this follows along with the whole idea of like taking it seriously and planning for it, because if you can create a unified communication strategy so that the message uh, being the anchor for me, I think the message ends up being Mm -hmm. what is God saying through the pastor? If that can tie in with uh, being able to communicate uh, opportunities for people to take part in a ministry that, that, uh, is just a natural follow-up to that. And then you also have some point about giving that makes sense along with that message as well. You've created this through line of mm-hmm. communication through uh, the entire worship experience. 
so that it's not a lot of hard lefts or hard rights. Now I'm going to have to think technically. And I'll just, mm-hmm. this sort of thing uh, hit me emotionally. Man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this, uh, uh, you know, uh, spiritual sort of deal. If you can create a through line between all of those things, it just removes some of those speed bumps or some of those little impediments in people's minds about how they have to prepare themselves to think about new uh, and coming yeah, information. Uh, so that, that uh, ends up being in there as well. I remember one time we were tracking uh, uh, the, the, uh, call to offering. And it just so happened that I think one week there was a woman who did it. And then the next week without even really thinking about it being another woman, the next week, another woman did it. And, and it was just sort of trending up. And I remember we were like, it's a, get every, every campus, get women, yeah, get women everywhere. Yes. And then, and then that next week, it just completely like fell off of a yeah. table. And I was like, well, that wasn't it. Yeah. It wasn't women. Yeah. Get the first woman. Right. Yeah. But the point being, uh, I think it's important for churches to always be flexible and change, which you, there's no silver bullet to giving, uh, right. getting people to mm. uh, give. Instead, there are these trends. There's these, you know, you're going to find a two or three week, three week trend that makes sense uh, for whatever reason. And then the psychology is going to adjust. People are going to adjust. Folks are going to be gone. New people are going to come in, you know, all of that sort of thing. And now you have to rethink, okay, well, here we go. We're in another, uh, a different sort of trend uh, that you can figure out what sort of storytelling is going to uh, help people understand what we're trying to do mm-hmm. now. It has nothing to do with manipulation or, or, you know, uh, the, the psychology of, of, you know, stealing mm-hmm. or robbing, you know, from people. It has nothing to do with that, but it really does have to do with how can we continue to adjust our strategy so that people remain engaged mm-hmm. and giving ends up being an expression uh, or, or a metric of that engagement. Uh, and so you should be always considering mm-hmm. what's, what's necessary now for people to be engaged. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love also just what you were saying about the through line and transitioning well, telling a certain story and being confident that you believe that this is important. Mm-hmm. Always casting vision. Mm-hmm. What's the final tip, Justin? Okay. It's, it's simply to be honest about the difficulty that giving can be for so many families, mm-hmm. right? Just the tithing specifically can be really difficult, but for some lower income families, giving of any kind, like giving 10 bucks, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. like that's, that's, multiple hours of um, salary that maybe is coming in from them. Right. Yeah. I remember, I remember one Sunday years ago, it was actually a mother's day in our church. You know, we had done this really cool project for this mom where we completely surprised them and remodeled their, like Mm -hmm. we didn't remodel. We built, yes, we basically (laughs) built, rebuilt a whole new house as a surprise to this family. And the the reveal of that story was tied into our pastor's uh, mother's day sermon. And then I actually got up to give the call to offering at the very end of that particular weekend. And coming out of that first, on that first service, you know, I was super emotional. And the thing that I ended up saying was, you know, a a lot of times in my life, I think about what I'm giving up Mm. by, by giving here. And, you know, I honestly, let me just be real with you as a church. I would like to be 10% richer. You know, if I, if I was 10% richer, we, we wouldn't have to make quite as many difficult decisions mm-hmm. about our monthly spending. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe our vehicle situation would be difficult and yeah. I wouldn't have to worry if the minivan was going to break down or whatever. Yeah. But right now in this moment, I could not be more glad that I live off of 90% of my income mm-hmm. because I know that my family and I were a part of what we just got to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. That was a moment where yeah. we just said, Hey, this is, this is, this is not easy for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think being honest about that 
is, is a way of just connecting with the church and helping people understand that we're a bunch of real people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. I think that someone said that. Should uh, we trademark that actually yeah. for legible? That's a good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, to, to, to uh, again, I think one of the challenges that churches face is that there is this bit of a chasm between culture now and the church that wasn't necessarily there 50 years ago. So much of culture was built around the church. Companies and businesses didn't even open their doors on Sundays because mm-hmm. of the church. Like the whole, you know, the, the towns were built with the church smack dab in the center and the whole rest of the city was built around it. We're not in that anymore. And one of the ways you can help to close that gap between church and just the general population as they're coming in is being 100% honest when it comes to, to money, being mm-hmm. confident in the statements that you make. And being generous in the expression of, hey, we get it. This may be unusual and that sort of stuff. We're going to tell you what we do with money. We're going to be really good with money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, you can't be honest about, you know, a uh, 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 financial stewardship if you're not a good financial steward. So yeah. that, so that it's on the leadership of the church to be good financial stewards. And this isn't a point here, but it's definitely a point in the things that we talk about uh, as far as the culture uh, of giving and things like that. It's over delivering mm-hmm. on what you're talking about with money. Yes. If you're saying, Hey, we're going to give, you know, we're going to do this thing. You, know, you think about, uh, uh, you know, when you were talking about the mother's day thing that we did, uh, a part of that whole entire deal was an ask just on social media. We didn't talk about it on the platforms at all. It was just on social media. Hey, give money to this. And we're not even going to tell you what we're doing with it, but I promise you, you're going to love it. Yep. And people gave and gave and gave and gave. No one knew any of the work that all of these, you know, hundreds and thousands of volunteer hours, all of these businesses that it came alongside to help mm-hmm. us do it, the investment from the church itself. Um, and then once the payoff happened, it was exponentially better than the $5 or the $5 target gift mm-hmm. card or any of that sort of stuff that any individual gave. This culture of over-delivering mm-hmm on what you say you're going to do with money, really, 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 really being good stewards, thinking of every single dollar as your own dollar and how do we spend it and where do we spend mm-hmm. it and how can we communicate to people that what we're doing is over and above what it is that they gave. Mm-hmm. That is a huge, huge, huge part of dispelling the myth that, oh, churches only want my money mm-hmm. or they're mm-hmm. just going to you know waste it or yada, yada, yada. That's it, it, it. I can remember as you know, in my years of, of being an executive on staff at a church, of just how long we would just grind out decisions mm-hmm. to think about money. How much you know, in, in our own department, I would just think, okay, here's my budget, but every single year I'm trying to come in 10% mm-hmm. under and communicating that over and over and over. Like, we're trying to come in under budget every single year because a dollar is a dollar, not just to the people who give that dollar, but to the churches who use that dollar. Mm-hmm. You have to be wise with it. And mm-hmm. so over, uh, over-delivering yeah. is a big part of that. And like re, you know, remind everybody, if you do a year end gift in December, remind in January, hey, you've given, we're doing this. Here's the plans and it's active. That's yeah. the over delivery too, mm-hmm. which is good. Here, here's the win for you as a pastor or a church leader, if, if you can really tackle all these things, is that it, it positions you in the future. I, I don't think this is manipulative, manipulative. It's strategic. But if, if you begin to implement some of these things, it positions you as in the future to be able to say yes to more opportunities yes. that are presented to your church mm-hmm. to impact your community or the world or whatever makes most sense for your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That would, 
here's the here's the reality. That wasn't the first house that we ended up redoing for a family. No. <laughs> that wasn't the first or even the largest major project, even though it was a huge milestone wasn't at only, that particular yeah. church. It laid the groundwork as we primed people to give into something, celebrated that, and really told the story well. It allowed us to be able to have the trust of the church Next time we mm-hmm. made a big, big ask, it yeah. allowed us to have the trust of the right. the board of the church to say, yes, we're going to let you guys, you know, front this unbudgeted, unplanned for expense because we believe on the back end yeah, when we faith, share about yeah. this um, that in faith that the, that the church will respond and we'll be able to, you know, close that particular gap. The win, I think for you as a pastor or a leader is that if you begin to do these things, it really allows you to do more of the ministry. That's the heartbeat of your vision and of your church. That's mm-hmm. why I think some of this stuff is so important mm-hmm. to really nail. Yeah, so for good. sure. It's, it is on, it is the responsibility of every church leader to make money make sense. Mm-hmm. Not just how you communicate it clearly. Well, that's a big part of it, but really the payoff, if, if I'm, if I am a, a churchgoer and I'm investing, I'm giving, I'm tithing, I'm, I'm giving to God, I'm giving a good, any of these things that we've discussed, it really is the responsibility of every church leader to take that stewardship of that dollar mm-hmm. seriously. Every single penny should be scrutinized. You should be grinding away at the decisions mm-hmm. uh, that are, are, are required of it. Um, not only because the people expect that of you, but I really think God expects that of you uh, as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. To just rehash the tips one more time, mm-hmm. take it seriously, make a plan, stick to that plan, mix up the, uh, the strategy that you use or mix up the tools that you use. And talk about, you know, the vision, use some storytelling, share some stats, uh, present a specific need, any of that sort of stuff. Spread the responsibility, get other people on your staff, even volunteers, you know, really good communicators, compelling people uh, with, with good stories to be able to uh, uh, share in the call to offering time. Track that response. Just find a nerd and give them <laughs> freedom to make spreadsheets and, and, and get as many data points as you possibly can and use all of that data to make really wise decisions. And then finally, being honest about the, the, the challenge that people have, the difficulty that people have with giving. Honesty is the best policy. Trademark registered Trademark, legible church. Legible That's right. Stamp it. AKA, yeah. don't lie. 2019. <laughs> AKA, it's the double truth route. Be honest. All rights reserved. So last, last really simple tip is to thank people for giving. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is unusual. Unfortunately, unusual. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. unusual. Um, So say thank you from the platform. Thank Mm -hmm. you for giving. We are grateful that you are participating in what God is doing here at our church. Thank you very much. Exactly. And also, thank you for listening to the Legible Church Podcast. Yeah, we appreciate it. There's so much more with giving. We're going to write some stuff. We're going to, we'll, we'll do another episode. Mm-hmm. Second, I mean, you just, it's, it's one of those things that really, really, really is important. And so, you know, while we don't want to have you sitting here for the next four hours, there's tons and tons and tons mm-hmm. of content. So we're going to double back uh, mm-hmm. on this at some point and, and do a, a, another version of this. But yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah, you guys are great, by the way. One of my favorite things is sitting here and listening to Dex and Justin talk. 
Oh, so, right. so yeah. Very nice. Thanks for listening. Nice. Uh, we're going to talk about reworking worship service next. Yeah. So make sure to tune in to our next episode and also subscribe to our podcast. You can go to our website, legible.church. And if you have any questions or if you're interested in getting the team here at Legible to come to your church and talking about giving strategies, email me, Maria, M-E-R-E-A, at legible.church. And I would love to connect you with us to do and that. Since you have Maria's email, if you didn't like anything that we said today, send her a note. Yeah. And, and I we'll, will forward it to Justin. We'll think about it. And I, <laughs> or I if you got good it. examples. I did notice that she said Dex and Justin, which oh, I think is well, a tip. That's to the A B thing. There we go. My out. secret's out. Yeah. Four, five. Peace out, everybody. I slammed my laptop at you. <laughs> laptop. <laughs> Sorry, that made a lot of echo. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>